Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio in the Gas South Convention Center, it's time for Gwinnett Business Radio. Gwinnett Business Radio is presented by Regions Bank, member FDIC. And hello again, everybody, and welcome to Gwinnett Business Radio. Mike Salmon alongside the one and only Stephen Julian. Good morning, Stephen. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, go ahead. Uh, good morning, Mike, who there, is hosting and producing all at the same time. There goes our secret. Yes, uh, Dan <laughs> is out uh, under the weather today, so I am doing double duty, and I guess I forgot to turn your and microphone just on. Be- just before we started, you're like, I got it. I got it. I'm okay. I got this covered. So and now that we've gotten the mistake out of the way, thankfully, we have our guests here to get the show back on track. Yeah, speaking of mistakes, joining us, no, just <laughs> kidding. Uh, is to- your slightly annoying co-host, Stephen Julian. You already covered that. Let's go. Dan, two great guest dan garland is here is, is it old golf dot club or just old golf club old golf dot club old golf dot club dan garland is here he is the owner of the company and also cj bentley who recently was named as the new ceo of planned pethood of georgia so we'll be getting to her in the second half of the show so you ready to talk a little golf clubs let's talk golf clubs at here at the gas south district convention center yes in the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio. Yes, okay, in wonderful then, Duluth, Georgia, right next to a wonderful golf course. So, all right, Dan, OldGolf.Club. <laughs> Let's do it. What is OldGolf.Club? Old Golf Club, we're like dentists. We make smiles. Ooh. How do we do that? By repurposed golf clubs. We turn them into bottle openers, hat racks, wine stoppers, our world-famous... And you brought you brought samples for yeah, us to I look at. Samples. We'll and be gifts. taking pictures. Yeah, yeah. So so instead of repurposing them to play golf with, you repurpose them for all kinds of other creative and unique reasons. Exactly. Man. It's uh it's actually a really fun, fun uh hobby that turned into a business. <laughs> I was about to ask you, is this a business or a hobby? So it's a business now. It it, it was a hobby. <laughs> it turned into something, uh, uh, we'll get in a little bit more along the lines of how it got to that point, but, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's one of the coolest, coolest gifts out there for anything. In fact, actually speaking of gift, oh, oh, why don't you got, jump right in there and, uh, open that up for okay, you. Okay. So you gave him a, a bottle stop there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and Mike, I'm going to hand this to you behind the producer's chair so you can okay. look while I open my gift. Now, I, while I'm opening this gift, I, the, the tag uh, that that I see is every club has a story. Ta- I love that. Talk about that. Every ding, every dent, every scratch on these things is is a history, and it shows. In fact, I've had so many people sit back and say, "Wow, that is a cool looking." And I'm like, the ones that I really like are the ones that are 70, 80 years old that got the dings and the scratches because this sat in some guy's bag, woman, guy. Yeah, not really sure, but. It, the life that they went through, mm-hmm. carrying that bag, having kids 70 years ago. I mean, it's the same stuff that, pe- that I'm going through today. So, so I am holding a, uh, an old Wilson uh, cup defender, one wood, uh, that has been restored. Uh, and there's a, 
there's a bottle opener on the uh, on the end of what is the head of the club. So most the, sha- the shaft of the club is gone. Yes. So it's the and what part of the what, biz, part, and what is biz- that called? What part of the club is that called? A dry a wood. That's the wood. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The wood head. So uh, and then Business Radio X nice has been put into the top uh, of the of the club head. Ha- ha- is that uh, Engraved. In, okay. Nice. Into the wood. So you can engra- personally engrave this for any company, any individual. I can. With any message. I can. I, I just started doing that way. Um, I have a uh, laser engraver at in my office studio slash garage that does all. Um, but yeah, I've, I've done that a couple times where people have asked me to, to engrave it. I, and I've tried to do it on the irons, but it just doesn't happen to... The reflectiveness and stuff like that, I just can't engrave on there. But the wood's awesome. Okay, so for that gift there, you actually use the wood part of the golf club, but I also see some long shafts over here that you use that look like, as we joked before, they look like back scratchers. Yeah. But the, they're actually they're four, small, small you, holders. You know what? After people, whatever people want to do after they buy them, I, I don't care. But yes, they are the world famous, and I am the king of the world when it comes to selling s'mores golf clubs. I am the only one. I am. I sell the most amount of. So it's a golf. It, yeah, golf it's a golf clubs. club shaft with a grip and then a fork. A fork at the end. A so when head. you're doing your s'mores around the fire, you're actually holding a golf club into the fire on guard with, with your marshmallow <laughs> and chocolate at the end. I love. I it. mean, how, how cool is it? You with, so, with foam you, to protect uh, while you're while you're, you're about to poke him. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah, I was going to. So or in the middle of the <laughs> night, listen to are the you, show. Do you come up with these ideas in the middle of the night? As far as what can I, you know, how can I transform these old golf clubs into things? Our company does not drug test. <laughs> so it's it's actually our, our HR department does not do any drug testing whatsoever. What is the wildest thing you've ever come up with? Um, you know, I, I I am out there. I'm a Mister Wizard when it comes to stuff like that. I've yeah. I've, I've come up with ideas, and, and the funny thing is, I love making things out of wood. Very depressed that you know high school kids nowadays are not doing wood shop. Yeah. Loved wood shop. Yeah. Failed everything else in high school. Wood shop. I got straight A's. Yeah. And I started doing, I, I saw somebody, saw it, something like that, that somebody made the bottle openers out of the wood, uh, old wood uh, driver. And so I made a couple of them. Had friends of ours come over, and uh, I'm like, hey, guys, look at this cool stuff I made out of my, my uh, Mr. Wizard garage. I walked up, and um, Patty Corbish turned to me and says, look past me, looked over my shoulder, looked into my garage, and I've got a floor full of old shafts. She says, what are you going to do with those? I said, I, I'm going to throw them out. I mean, I... Which is what everybody does right. with old shafts and old clubs. She goes, put something on the end. Make it a s'more stick. So that next day, I go over there, and I take a 16-penny nail. I'm, I'm excited. And I weld it to the end of it. I'm like, and I walk back into the house and turn to Michelle, my wife, and I'm like, check this out. She goes, that is the deadliest looking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I kind of ducked my head down and put my head down and t- slightly turned away. And I said, all right, put a fork in it. It's done. So it starts. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it starts out as a hobby. How does it turn into a business? More, enough people ask for them. <laughs> you, you know, the, the, it turned out, I, I thought the woods were, they are fantastic. Yeah. But I sold started selling these s'more sticks like crazy. Um, people loved them. Uh, and I turned around and I started buying the irons just to make the s'more sticks. And I had them laid out in uh, Roswell at one of the farmer's market. And it was holding my sign up. And they're all there. 
The sun was shining. The sun was reflecting off of it. Mm. Somebody had picked him up and said, what is this? I said, well, it's, it's weight to hold my sign up. And I said, well, I got a bunch of them. I'll put a, put a uh, bottle opener at the end. People, sell, I, I, 2,400 of them I sold wow. already. I mean, it's, it's just cool. It's, look, exactly what you're doing right there. I'm going to explain to you in a, mi- in, in a little bit about why what you're doing right there is so important. What are you doing right there, Stephen? So I am taking this uh, True Flight 7-iron uh, uh, with a crown on it that looks nice, and then there's a bottle opener uh, on the end, and I am just turning it over in my hand. And I, the thing that I love is the beauty of the imperfection, the beauty of the use, right? That this has been restored, but not back to its its former glory, restored back to what it was when it was last being used on the course, the best looking it can be after being used on the course. This seven iron has got some some brown uh, on the bottom of it. Clearly, seven iron been used a lot, getting out of traps and on uh, you know in dirt and all that. So you see the nicks and the and the dents, but it is uh, it's it's shiny because clearly you've restored it to to look as nice as it can look with the story that that is included in it. So okay, so what but, am but I doing, Stephen? Let me tell you what you're doing. Yeah. You're holding something, and you're like, this is cool. Yeah. You know what? You're holding it, smiling a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that, that goes into one, the, the third aspect of uh, one of the reasons why this is not just a tchotchke idea. I have done some work with a utility company, um, utility uh, monitoring company. And what I end up doing is uh, when somebody does not return my call or I have the person, exact person I know, I actually send them one of those. And I put my name right next to it and says, because I've got about six seconds for them to associate my name with that utility company and that smile that's on your face while mm. you're holding that thing. Yeah. I have six seconds to get put that kind of rapport. So I've turned something that's a tchotchke idea into a sales marketing tool. Yep. And it has worked for me. I'm not saying great, but it's probably about, I think, 17 to 20% of people that I send that out to call me back. They don't buy anything. They may or may not buy anything. They call me back. Yeah. And I told my brother who works for Microsoft over in Seattle, he says, wait, you get a 17% return rate on a $30 gift that you send out? He goes, yeah. Anybody who knows marketing. Anyone who knows marketing. Yeah, so, so 12 to 15 times greater than the He goes, that standard. doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. He goes, it gives me a reason to sit back and call and say, did you get my bottle opener? Instead yeah. of, hey, I'd really like to partner with you, and right. I think we should do this business, and I'm just following up, blah, blah, blah. But, but, no, screw it. I, hey, did you get my bottle opener? It's freaking <laughs> cool. I can't buy you a drink, but you know what? Next drink you have, think of me. All right. Where, do, uh, where, is the, where are some of the places you get all these clubs? I'm, I'm assuming people give them. I, I, I do assume there are people like, I want you to do something with my old club. But I'm assuming Goodwill, yard sales, talk, talk about how you, you know, find... You thr- know, thrift stores, stuff yeah. like that. You know, I did all that. But I also went in and I, I got a booth at the PGA Super, uh, at the PGA show down in Orlando. Not this past year, the year before. Met some great people. Yeah. In fact, just cool uh, stories. Guy ends up calling me and says, I'm going down 95, Dan. And uh, there's a truckload of leftover golf clubs that all he has. I end up, I've got a guy that now... Super nice guy. Really enjoy conversation and stuff like He actually sends them up. In my residential uh, 
in, in my residential home, I've had an 18-wheeler pull up taking a pallet. Wow. 1,800 clubs drop them off. In my front, in my my HOA has a slight problem with that, but no, they all, everything goes in the garage, and that's one thing that agreement between the HOA and I yeah. is everything goes in the garage. My cars don't fit in there, but yeah. Wow, we're talking with uh, Dan Garland. He's the owner of OldGolf.club. I assume if people are listening right now and they're on their computer, they can go to Old Club OldGolf.club, and they could see a lot of these items that we're talking about. We're talking about s'more sticks. We're talking about bottle openers, irons, woods, and yeah, he's um, got a putter head. That putter head is the coolest thing. Uh, they're eighty nine bucks. I, I but Robert Sane is a guy's name. A woman came to me at one of these festivals. She says, "Hey, my husband passed away. All he did was collect putters." And uh, she says, "Are you interested?" So I went over to her house. In his study, he had them all lined up, all against the wall different kinds of putters and stuff like that. I said, yeah, I bought them all. Wow. Uh, turned around, and I cut them so they balance, so they sit straight up, flat up, like you can put it straight on the uh, on the uh, counter, on the, on the desk right there. They're all balanced. Wow. And I have learned a process that my mom has helped me out with of getting those things to shine and make them – the eye candy for guys, the jewelry yeah. of golf. I'll tell you, if you are married to someone who loves golf, they're, I mean, they're going to, you'll never have a dearth of, of gifts that you could buy for that yeah. person. Yeah, absolutely. How do you grow this business now? Is, you know, we are a business program, a business show. You've obviously taken something that was a lot of fun at first and a hobby at first. You've turned it into a business. How do you grow this? Where do you see yourself in five years? Right now, is the website the only place? Do you see yourself in other places? That's, that's a great question. Um, Growing it. I mean, a farmer, dentist, you call it whatever I am. It's, uh, I started with going to festivals. People loved it. I proved that point, that people love it. Turned around, a gentleman, a kid in the neighborhood, turned around and said, hey, Etsy, go on Etsy. Mm. Etsy blew it out of the water. Yeah. I turned around and quit my job. That's when I turned to Michelle and I said, you know what? This is how much. So this is full time for you now. 100% full time. Two yeah. years of doing it. I turned to Michelle and I said, hey, I worked for AT&T for, you know, actually seven years with AT&T and, and 15 years with Sprint before that. And I said, they pay me this much. If I can make this much. And Michelle's like, hey, we have benefits. So, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Try it out. So uh, someone, so so at this point in time in the business, are you the only one making these, or have you been able to bring in other workers, other people who are good with their hands? You know, we we do it right. My we have people come to my house and we nice. and sit down and grind, cut and grind on the. So any young person who is trying to who who having you know kind of maybe not sure where to go, but they're good with their hands or think they're good with their hands, want to learn a trade. Now this is a. This is a skilled trade. I mean, it, it, this is not just you know, oh right. yeah, wham bam, thank you, ma'am. I mean, there's there's a there's a lot of skill that goes into this uh, to present it this way. So uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's exactly it. You know, one thing I, I did want to point on before you know wrapping things up, there are four aspects that I focus on. One is I do focus on the normal person that loves the game of golf, sure. wants to get a gift for for them. Uh, the second thing that I started growing the business is for tournaments, country clubs that are doing organizations for tournaments. It's, it's awesome swag. If it's the smile, somebody grabs it. You know, it's, it's not a tumbler. It's not a shirt. It's not, not a, a koozie. Koozie. Right. Screw that. It, this, is, this is an old golf club. It's got freaking dings and dents yeah. all over it. Yeah, yeah. They love it. 
that's, that's an aspect that I'm growing the business. The third part is, I didn't even realize it, but it came up. Your wedding anniversary, six-year wedding anniversary is an iron. 20% nice. of my bottle openers, of my business, is selling to women sitting back saying, I want to get a gift for my, my husband. It's a six-year wedding anniversary. Has get a iron. six iron. That yeah. is oh, one of the questions good. that's going to sit back and say is, what companies are interested? I have a list of women that are buying gifts for their husbands, golf gifts. They're willing to spend $35 on a bottle opener. Yeah. What would Lovejoy, what would Callaway, what would they sit back and say, you know what, here, Dan's got these contacts for women that are going to buy their husband's gifts. And they're probably, what, in their 30s because it's a six-year anniversary? So, yeah, I'm going to be hooking up with Lovejoy. I am going to be hooking up with Callaway buying these gifts. Yeah. So, yes, anyone interested, any companies interested in my company are the ones that are wanting to, to buy that. Mm. The last thing, the fourth thing we, we jumped on before, the lumpy mail. The lumpy mail for a sales technique, it makes it right past. It doesn't get thrown out in the mail. It has secretaries that make it all the way to their to the CEOs, mm -hmm. and, and it makes it, has a smile. People call me back. Unique, that, one of a kind. Yeah. But can you mass produce these as well? Let's say you get an order for, I need 5,000 of these. Are you able to I, I, I have, outsource? I have a, a Home Depot, Homer boxes, uh, buckets full of these things. So, yes, uh, Oilman's Cattlemen uh, International in Kiowa. You'll make they, it work. They sit back and say, give me 200 of those. Yeah. Done. I've sent away for uh, Pembroke Pines. I sent well, well, that's that's the strategy you've been working on over the last two years. As this went from tchotchke to business, you, you had to go, how much can I scale? How would I scale? How far can I scale it? And you're clearly handling it to this. He would like to be challenged. But speaking of a business, Stephen, how are you protecting... Is there a way to protect yourself? Are there trademarks on this or any kind of IP? We, we do have a trademark. In nice. fact, actually, I had a woman turn to me at one of these, and she goes, hey, I've got golf clubs. Um, I said, okay, I'll buy them. She goes, no, I'm going to make them. And I was pissed off. I was in Alpharetta. <laughs> it was Memorial Day weekend. It was, it was hot. I was, she goes, no, I'm going to make them. I, I turned to her. I said, you can grow your own lettuce, so too. Some, somebody else decides to come up with these, uh, takes, takes an old golf club, takes the wood off at the bottom, and puts a little uh, s'mores fork. You, they may be hearing from oldgolf.club. You know what? No. You know what? Make it better. Teach me how to make it better. Mm. And hands down, like I turned to this woman, I said, you can grow your own lettuce. You're not going to. And I, and I walked away from her. My, <laughs> Michelle turns to me. She goes, Wow. What a douchebag you come off. Jeez, oh, <laughs> what a jerk you're coming off like. And uh, yeah, that's I'm just like, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, so. Well, you challenge someone to do it better. Yeah. Right. And then that'll make you do it even better and continue to improve your process. It, it is. It is. a. It is. All yes. right. So for those people who want to uh, and I, I was going to say the other market is people who have their own clubs that they want to retire in a special way. I would imagine we, they can bring them to you. I've done that. A guy yeah. play hockey with yeah. his father passed away. Yeah. And it was the nicest thing while I'm making the stuff. Turn around. It was a wood. He brought me three of uh, four of those woods. Mm. Kept one, gave two to his brothers and one to his brother-in-law. Yeah. His father passed away and gave the grandkids. It's right on my website. Love it. Rob, uh, Robin, you can look right on there. Robin who? Robin Stavely is. Oh, is, okay. They're going to say another Robin that I know that I played hockey with. Uh, uh, oh, hockey stories. Look at Where are you from? 
New Jersey. Okay. Didn't think you were from the Atlanta area. No, no. <laughs> I'm a goalie, and you, you need to be a little bit out there to be a goalie, don't you? So you can see how <laughs> I'm coming ex- up with. That explains a lot of <laughs> a, few, a few pucks to the head. Oh, too many pucks to the head. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, All right, so, yeah, for those people who want to who want to order, who want to look at the catalog and 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 start a relationship with you, either for their business or doing marketing with your help, how do they is you know there's oldgolf.club. That's it, right? It is it is not .com .net. It is .club, yeah. and I thought that's the coolest thing, but a pain in the butt when people ask, "Well, is that .com .club?" No, it's .club. <laughs> yeah. That's the coolest thing one about dot. it. There's only it's one just dot. A dot .club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Old golf .club that goes right to my website. Yeah. See me. Hashtag only one, only one dot. <laughs> All right. Oldgolf.club, Dan Garland. It's been a pleasure. been a lot of fun. This is really, really cool. Thank you so much. CJ's going to have her hands full trying to top this, but I know she's going to be able to do it. Absolutely. But, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, guys. I'm looking forward to hearing about CJ. All right. And we will hear from CJ right after this. Life is full of ifs. But if you want to cash flow like a pro and get paid up to two days early, safeguard against surprises and supercharge your savings, Regions Life Banking makes it possible. Regions Bank embrace the if in life. Regions Bank, member FDIC. For the first time ever, the Atlanta Gladiators podcast will now be on Business Radio X. Be on the lookout for new interviews each week as Director of Broadcasting and Communications Liam Gottimer chats with Gladiator players, coaches, and even representatives from corporate partners. For tickets, partnerships, and more, visit AtlantaGladiators.com or call our front office at 770-497-5100 to chat with a Gladiator representative today. Atlanta Gladiators Hockey, draw your sword. And welcome back to Gwinnett Business Radio here on Business Radio X, coming to you live from the beautiful Gas South District Convention Center and also coming to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios. Love is what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Enjoy big savings and a hassle-free experience at Subaru of Gwinnett, where people sell cars. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com and join their family today or come in and see the difference. If you're already a Subaruist, or even if you're not, check out their Facebook page and other social media pages for the latest news, offers, and community events. Thank you, Subaru of Gwinnett. You know, when Dan started his interview, he said, you know what, I make people smile. Makes people happy. Yeah. I think C.J. Bentley, the new CEO for Planned, for Planned Pethood of Georgia, probably does the same. C.J., welcome to our program. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Planned Pethood of Georgia. We've had you guys on in the past, but it's been a while, so please refresh us and let us know what you guys do. Sure. Planned Pethood of Georgia focuses on keeping families together, and families include our pets. So we offer low-cost spay-neuter services to help reduce the pet overpopulation crisis. And we also offer um, affordable wellness care. So anyone with a pet, keep them well, keep the medical costs down, right? Because medical costs and expenses of veterinary care are one of the reasons that people are forced to give up their pets. So our ability to provide that care helps keep those families together. I think everybody knows about the whole, uh, you know, help control the pet population, have your pet spayed or neutered. Thank you to Bob Barker and Drew Carey and others like you guys who give that message out there. I think people don't realize, and you said epidemic, what percentage of pets are of pets are not being spayed and neutered to your best estimate, latest study? You know, what's the number that makes it an epidemic? I don't, I don't want to misrepresent, but I'm going to say, you know, and it depends on where you are. Mm. Rural versus urban is very different. I spoke at a Kiwanis club last week and I went in with my, you know, big city story and they were like, 
no, that's not the story we're living, right? So where we are, if you were to walk through a shelter today, and everybody hears about shelter overcrowding and how terrible it is, if you walk through a shelter in one of our urban areas, you're going to see a whole ton of adult dogs, mm. big adult dogs. When I first started, people walked in with laundry baskets of puppies. And so I think for dogs, the spay-neuter message is getting out, at least in the urban areas. Cats, not so much, mm. right? We still have huge kitten season is coming, and it's going to be bad. Mm -hmm. The problem is now people, if you walk through a shelter and you see a bunch of adult dogs, they weren't like born adults. They right. were puppies. They lived with a family who probably loved them. And then for whatever reason, that family went, we can't do this anymore. Right. And really did what they believe the best thing for that animal, which is to keep it safe and fed and get medical care. So they take it to a shelter. And today, there's a lot of heat brought to our shelters about how they're overcrowded. I think we as a community need to take a step back and go, hold on a minute. By the time the animal's at the shelter, it's too late. We as a community have failed. We failed. Right. It's not the shelter's fault that animals are flooding in. Mm -hmm. So Planned Pethood, I'm so proud to represent this organization because we are trying to get upstream and tackle that. We're trying to prevent unwanted litters from being born, and we're trying to lower the cost of veterinary care so people don't have to take them to the shelters in the first place. So let's talk about the, because uh, the, the quote is innovative programs and affordable services. Let me just get out of your way. What are some of those affordable services that, that people can take advantage of at Planned Pethood? So we do have our low-cost spay-neuter, right? And then we've also got our wellness um, and affordable, you know, affordable care so people can make an appointment, basic shots, that sort of thing, and minor illness treatment. We also have um, an outreach program that we call Go Fix, and we target under-resourced counties, and we work in conjunction with those municipalities and animal controls, and we will go and have free vaccine clinics and a microchip. Now, these are all funded. You know, we get support for those. But we will see in one event between 200 and 250 animals who receive free vaccines that they otherwise wouldn't get, and food if we've got it, and free microchip, which helps keep the animals in their homes. I love that. But And you've, you've already made it pretty clear um, that one of the goals of Planned Pethood is to help keep pets with their families. Like you said, if, if when the adult pet shows up, then it's in a way it's already too late. Maybe there's a second chance, but, but we're already at a crisis point at that point. So what are some of the things uh, that Planned Pethood tries to do or is doing to help keep pets with their families? So, um, besides trying to help them afford the medical care, right? So that doesn't become a barrier to ownership. We don't want medical care to be a barrier to ownership. We are looking at forming additional partnerships in our community. Um, one of the concerns or one of the needs that people have is what we call crisis housing. So there's an owner with a dog or a cat they go into the hospital, they need treatment, you know, something, and they're going to be out of pocket and they don't have anyone to take care of their pet. The ability to take that pet for any period of time, a month, 60 days, 90 days, and then create that reunion, that is definitely needed. It's not something we do, but we're looking to partner with a new organization called Stay Together Forever, mm. and they focus on this area. 
so that we're able to provide that as just another level of care. You know, my day job is I'm a financial advisor and I help people with their overall financial plans. And one of the big things you do in a financial plan is you got to think through the things that are going to come up. If you own a pet, <laughs> you need to think through, okay, what's the worst case? Okay, we, we, you know, I, I live, if I live by myself and I have my pet and, and they're, they're, they are my family, what am I going to do if I have to go into the hospital? So yeah, you should have those plans and talk to your neighbors and talk to your friends and figure out how, you know, that wonderful family member is going to be cared for. So I, I, there wasn't a question attached to the end of that, but I just, I was sitting there going, I can, and, and unfortunately planning is not something that always gets the attention that it needs to get. And well, and I think you make a really good point because, and I am guilty of this, and oftentimes those of us who work in animal welfare are guilty of this, and we've got to drop the judgment because we can sit here and say, the other day I had a huge eye-opening experience, and it was quite actually embarrassing because I think I like to pride myself on knowing better, but we were approached by a family. They had been evicted, right, because eviction and homelessness is a big deal. And oftentimes people can't keep their pets through that process. And the family came to us at the last minute and said, we're in our car, you need to take our dogs. And my first reaction is, look, you knew you were going to be evicted for a while and you should have planned better. And one of my staff members turned to me and said, you know, I didn't say that to the person, don't get me wrong, but she said, you know what, shame on you because you have not put yourself in the position of, I have kids I have to deal with. I have to feed myself. Where the heck am I going to go? I have no roof over my head. I have no job. I don't know how I'm going to get my next meal. And the God love them, the last thing they're thinking about is what the heck are we going to do with the family dog? And I don't blame them. I love dogs, but if I was in that situation, I do not blame them at all. And that's another really important point. People who take their animals to shelters are not all jerks. Sometimes they're doing what they believe and sometimes it is. It's the best thing for that pet because they have found themselves in a situation and there's no one to help them. And it's really important for us as a community to remember that because I think oftentimes we maybe look the other way or don't want to help because we assume that they have gotten themselves in this situation and that's not not true. Many of these animals need to stay with their families. Before we go any further, we should probably mention where your location is. Tell us about the location. Oh, yeah. We are at uh, 2860 Buford Highway in Duluth. Okay. And apparently spreading as you start partnering with these yeah, other communities and other organizations. That's yeah. right. Yep. I am hearing about all these innovative programs. I'm hearing about all these services you provide. You've got staffing. This takes money. Where are you getting the funding from? How are you staying alive? Your listeners. <laughs> All right, next question. <laughs> so, so Business Radio X listeners have to stay. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, that's a great question because, you know, statistics tell us that veterinary medicine and the cost of medical care for animals is just as, it's soaring just as much as it is for medical. It's gone up 30%. And we clearly, we are not operating on a sustainable model if we only look at fee-for-service because we're trying to provide the cheapest, most affordable care that we can, and our veterinarians and the cost of medical care is going out of the route. So we cannot exist without 
um, donations from individuals and organizations and funds and grants. So and the, businesses, bi maybe sponsorships of some sort? Yes, we have many sponsorships. And in fact, we have a golf outing coming up on June 11th at the River Club, which I am new to Atlanta, but I understand the River Club's a pretty nice it's place to beautiful. play golf. Fantastic. And we are looking for sponsorships right now. That is a business-to-business -business type event. So we're looking for businesses who want to reach other businesses, mm -hmm. try to get as many doctors and veterinarians as we can, but they can't take much time off. So, And it's something that you hope to do annually. When is it this year in 2024? This year in 2024, it is Tuesday, June 11th, and this is our second annual. Yes. <laughs> So sorry, we had a joke inside off joke. We had a little the joke off the air. CJ had an inside is there joke. Information about that tournament on the website? Yes, there is, and the website is www.pethoodga.org. So I think it would be foolish to ask a question like, "Hey, how's how are we going to solve this problem?" This is a problem that has been around for a while and is going to continue. To, it's not necessarily a problem. It's just a reality. It's a reality, and I think you bring up a really good point because I think the reality when I first started and the issue was spay-neuter because there were just unwanted litters of everything mm -hmm. that there weren't enough homes for, in our area, that's not necessarily where we are today. I mean, the spay-neuter message, we still have some work to do, but that message has gotten out. We've got to figure out a way to keep these grown-up pets in their homes, mm -hmm. and that's a different problem. And so the solution is different, and I believe that we as a community need to recognize that we need to step up and be there for our neighbors, and we need to identify that people who are struggling to keep their pets are really decent, loving people mm. who really want to keep their pets. I think, uh, and and maybe I'm overstepping, and please feel free to correct me. I, oh, usually, I will. Oh, I know you will. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm allowed one dumb question every show, and okay. it's, it's been a while since he I've asked a, No, no, okay. I, didn't, I didn't get it. I don't think I had a dumb question. Dan, no. Dan's saying no. no, I didn't have a so dumb I, question. So I'm the recipient well, of the no, dumb questions. Well, no, because I've <laughs> actually got a streak of not asking, I think it might be dumb, but people okay. say, no, that's not dumb. And actually, I don't think it's dumb. It just might be Maybe it's slightly What's the question, Stephen? Okay, sorry. My sorry, God. Mike. Yeah, okay. So going back to the planning, is, mm -hmm. is any of this also that people might need to have conversations about end-of-life care for mm -hmm. pets? I mean, because I think sometimes things happen where the pet becomes, and, and people don't ever want to say goodbye. And much like the planning, is is that a hard conversation that people aren't having? Is it is that any part of the the problem, or people are just continuing the life of this this pet, and then they're so burned out they're not going to help with another one? Or I mean, talk a little bit about that. Well, that is that is such a good not dumb question. Thank you. We could, <laughs> but talk, a hard question. We could, yeah. That that's there's a lot of. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of... There's a lot of there there. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of considerations with that. I yeah. think sometimes, especially if you have an adult dog and it's an older dog and it's lived with the family for a really long time and you can't live with it anymore and you, you don't know what to do, is the right answer to take it to a shelter with the hopes that it will receive you know, a second chance at a loving family for its final few years? Or is the pet going to suffer so much during that stress that maybe the kindest thing is to put the animal to sleep? Right. And that is... 
a very personal decision mm -hmm. and the people who make it certainly should receive counsel but they should not receive judgment they should make the no one walks in your shoes and you need to i believe people will make the best decision for their pet yeah. if given the opportunity and they need to and and i i guess the only thing i would add to that is be talking about it at yeah some right, point, right right so right. that you're not surprised by it. i i'd like to just share one slight anecdote that i was not prepared to share when we came in but hearing your stories and hearing what you're saying so i have a, a good friend who's he and his wife had had a dog for many, many years and always heard, and the dog was a companion to his spouse, and she, it was her best friend other than him. <laughs> and the, the dog had passed, and it was a very, and I remember my friend saying, I, I don't know if she's going to get over this. She turned to being, uh, she decided to be a pet sitter and also uh, be a foster home. Uh, and they've done that for uh, about a year now, and it's been fantastic for the dogs and for her and for him. And it's just been really cool to hear the stories of, and, and the idea was, I don't know if I'll ever love a pet the way I love that pet. And maybe you don't love them in the same way, but you know how to love pets. Go love pets. Figure out how you can help. And so apart from being part of the tournament uh, and apart from sponsorships of, of companies and donations, what are some of the ways people can volunteer their time? Uh, and their energies to, to help. Uh, we do have a it. foster program. Okay. It is mostly for cats, but we do do a few dogs. Um, we have a very active TNR program, and that's trap, neuter, release for mm. feral cat colonies. The research tells us that the best way to reduce the overall population of a feral cat colony is to remove the cats, sterilize them, vaccinate them, and put them back. Mm. Because if you just take them out, other ones will come and take their place and you end up with a growing colony instead of a reduction in population. So we've got volunteers who do that. They are amazing. They trap, they bring them in, we sterilize them, they take them, put them back. So volunteers to help us with that, volunteer foster homes. We have a lot of opportunities for volunteers. All right, since I still have my dumb question, I have one last question. <laughs> CJ's trying to get Mike to have stop. Would you stop him? Get, get it, you know. So I love the idea. Uh, I've always wondered, and you you haven't been with the organization since it started, but I love that PET is all capitalized. So plan pethood. So it, is there a story behind that, or is it just I, you, you know what I pet? I think it's I think it is to emphasize the pet versus right parent. And I when I got here, I wasn't a hundred percent sure in today's climate. So we did kind of a little informal research kind of and people responded very positively yeah. to the name they it, it, it so it pops and yeah. it, and you can yell and it you, you know want. what it means yeah, exactly. i mean really i think people understand what it means when yeah. they see it yeah. cg as we come to the end of our interview real quick want to pivot real quick uh you've been now the ceo for for nine months yeah. as, as of today's about, recording yeah. mm -hmm. thereabouts where did you come from where did your passion come from for this uh, uh I always loved dogs. I always wanted a dog. My parents wouldn't let me have one. I went to school, didn't know what I wanted to do, majored in English, um, ended up going to work for an advertising agency, then a custom publishing company, started volunteering with the Michigan Humane Society in their dog behavior department. They hired me to run their dog behavior department. Then I became their, um, the director of operations there. The, the CEO there, Cal Morgan, he left and came to Atlanta Humane because he likes warm weather. And he a number of us followed him. And so I came with a group of Detroiters down about six years ago. I was at Atlanta Humane running their operations for about five and a half-ish, six years. And uh, this opportunity came up, and I thought, you know, it's time. It's time for me to try my own hand at, at what I've learned over the years. So yeah. we'll see. Put but so far, I love it. it. Yeah, great. Okay, the website, once again, is pethoodga.org. So if you want to 
an animal, you need services, just everything is at that website, including information about the upcoming golf tournament. So Pet Hood Georgia, uh, Pet Hood GA, for Georgia, of course, mm-hmm. .org. C.J. Bentley, the CEO, Planned Pethood of Georgia, thank you so much for your time and your passion and all the great work you're doing in the community. Thank you so much for caring and having us here. I really appreciate it. All right. And we've got one last piece of business to do, Stephen. Mike, you're ready to get out of here, aren't you? No. This, this has been a lot of fun <laughs> it's today. It's been fantastic. It Golf clubs been. and pets. I mean, this is really cool. Two, and, and both passionate about what they do. Absolutely. You know, we keep saying it over and over again. If we could only find some people who are passionate about what they do, we do that a lot. Other people who are passionate about what they do is regions. We all know that keeping your company's financial future on track means having the right resources to support your growth. Regions Commercial Banking offers you lending capabilities and strategic solutions tailored to your needs, and you'll work with a team of experienced bankers here in Gwinnett. Discover steps to take that can help move you closer to your business goals. Regions is here to help. To learn more, visit regions.com forward slash commercial dash banking. Don't forget the dash. Also, don't forget Regions Bank member FDIC. Why are you yelling? I Because of pethood. Plan pethood. I'm, I'm yelling. Yeah. With capital letters. You know, CJ would have had two more minutes to talk about Planned Pethood if you didn't talk, go on and on about. You're trying to listen, what, Mike. You know who I thing. am. You know what I do. My my gimmick, my brand is being slightly annoying. I can't help it. I apologize, but it's who I am. A two minute explanation about why you ask a damn. I'm going to hit you with this wood that yeah. was brandished and engraved with Business Radio. And with that, thank you again to C.J. Bentley with Planned Pethood of Georgia and Dan Garland with Old Golf Dot Club. Old Golf Dot Club. And Mike, thank you for producing and hosting the show. You are a man of. A plethora of talents. I think I did okay, other than the one time didn't turn your mic on, which some people might say that's not a bad uh, thing. People would say that's a wonderful thing. All but, right. You know, it for, is what it is. For Stephen Julian, I am Mike Salmon, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on Gwinnett Business Radio.